Happy Mother's Day to biological mothers and adoptive mothers and foster mothers and spiritual mothers. Happy Mother's Day. We love and respect you very much. We are so grateful for the gift that each and every one of you are to your respective families and to this church family as a whole. You know, we have Salt Life vehicle stickers, but I think we ought to also have Mom Life car stickers. And under Mom Life car stickers should be the fine print, it's complicated. (laughs) Mom Life, it's complicated. (laughs) We know that your lives are complicated. Large numbers of tasks you do balancing inside and outside work in your homes, the sandwich syndrome when you're caring for your aging parents as well as your own children. You have young children, some of you. Some of your single parentings are step parenting, and you have prodigal children in some cases. You know spiritual victories, and you also know spiritual malaise. You have children who are a joy to you, and you have a children who right now are a pain to you. Children who profess saving faith in Christ, children who pretend to have saving faith in Christ, children who walked away from saving faith in Christ. You have healthy children in some cases, and others of you have chronically ill children. It's complicated. Some of you know the presence of fathers in your home, and others of you don't and you feel abandoned. It's complicated. There aren't usually enough hours in a day. You work from early morning till late at night, and you have a sense that your to-do list was not yet completed. Endless, seemingly endless demands upon you and expectations around you, and in many cases, the highest expectations you bear are your own expectations of yourselves. It's complicated. When you're told to take a rest or to step back and have a break, you feel guilty sometimes even doing that because you're hardworking, you're diligent, sacrificial, and you walk with Christ. But may I remind you that he stepped back. He rested. He prayed. He came apart from others. So I encourage you ladies, if at all possible, to do that without guilt or regret. Sometimes it's complicated for mothers than in terms of ex- uh, accepting the forgiveness that's promised them in Christ. Some mothers have a complicated life because they haven't forgiven themselves for things for which God has forgiven them already. And so I pray that this message will, first of all, acknowledge the complexity and complications of a mother, mo- modern mother's life, but not leave it there. Provide you with solid biblical help for the complicated lives that you seek to live to the glory of God. We're going to talk about a wife and a mother, grandmother in the scriptures, whose life was very complicated. You know her well. Her name is Sarah. She's considered to be the mother of the nation of Israel. Interesting enough, the the most common meaning of her name, Sarah, was princess. When you press the Hebrew a little further, you also know that a possible meaning of Sarah is feisty, (laughs) She was a feisty princess. Many of you are that way too. Oh yeah, Sarah's life was complicated 
But in their complications, she found acceptance and approval from God, not because of her own problem solving or her multitasking, but Sarah found the amazing grace of God because she was a woman of faith in God. In Hebrews 11.11, in the Hall of Faith chapter in Hebrews, this is what is said of Sarah in verse 11 of chapter 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Let's go back to Sarah's complicated life to teach the complicated moms, grandmoms, foster moms, spiritual moms who are listening or viewing this sermon. Sarah's life was very complicated. She was proud and yet sometimes embarrassed. She was aggressive and yet at other times gentle. She was outspoken and other times she was quiet. She sometimes showed leadership over her husband and other times she submitted to him. She could be scared, but she could be calm. She was strong, but she also was weak. She was fleshly at times, but she also was spiritual. She even lied, but she also was a truth teller. She could be ugly in her disposition, but she also could be beautiful in it. She was complicated. She had times of doubting and times of accepting God's will. She could be disobedient, and she could be very obedient. She could be assertive, and then she could also be regretful. She could be jealous. At other times, secure. She was complicated. She sometimes lived with her life all being wrapped up in herself. But more typically, she lived with others and their care and well-being on her heart. Those things aren't complicated enough when you think about Sarah, the feisty princess. She could pray, but she also connived. She was supportive of her husband, but she was also detrimental to him sometimes. She was blessed by God, but she also laughed at God once. She was patient, but she could also be very impatient. Truth be told, Sarah was a very complicated woman and mother. And guess what? (laughs) So is every single one of you women, whether you're a mother or not. You are complicated, beautiful in your complications, loved in your complications, but we have to acknowledge that your lives are complicated. But there's good news for moms who feel like their lives are altogether too complicated. God forgives and uses complicated Christian women. The fact is, you know, that when our lives seem complicated to us, that our lives are not at all complicated to God. I mean, think about it. If our complicated lives could confuse our God, then our God would not be God. He would be too small to be God. So whatever you're facing, sister in Christ, today, this week, this month, in your family, in your home, in your marriage, in your workplace, in your neighborhood. Whatever you're facing, whatever the complications of whatever you are facing, God is not complicated when he looks at your life. And he loves you. And he uses you and he forgives you and he causes you to bask in his grace, his unmerited favor, and you don't have to perform to be acceptable to your God. 
We both know from the Bible and from our own experiences that our God is omniscient. He knows everything. He is omnipotent. He is all the power there is to have. He is sovereign. He is over all and in all. He is providential. He puts together the dots that we connect in our lives as we live, and nothing takes him by surprise, and nothing is overlooked when it comes to his tender care and plan and purpose for our lives. Oh, yes, he's a big God. He's large, and he's in charge. And he is the perfect God for you, ladies, the tireless God. He is your perfect guide in the Spirit, your perfect comforter in the indwelling Holy Spirit. And in Christ, he is your perfect forgiver. And so he is never, <laughs> he is never out-complicated by your complicated circumstances. He's so much bigger than your circumstances. This poem is by Benjamin Malachi Franklin. It's called The Weaver. My life is but a weaving between the Lord and me. I may not choose the colors. He knows what they should be. For he can view the pattern upon the upper side while I see it only on this, the underside. Sometimes he weaves in sorrow, which seems so strange to me, but I will trust his judgment and work on faithfully. Tis he who fills the shuttle and he who knows what is best, so I shall weave in earnest and leave to him the rest. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly, shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. The dark threads are as needed in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. Isn't that beautiful? Your life is a weaving, ladies, between you and your Savior. And you only see the underside with dark threads periodically, and you don't yet see the upper side of what he's weaving, but one day you will, and we'll all be worth it, because he will get all the glory that is due to him through your obedient, yielded, faithful, persevering, sacrificial, prayerful lives. I've said it before in this message, and I want to say it again. It's a big idea in this message. It's a big idea that I'd like you to put into your purse, ladies, if you have a purse with you today. I'd like you to put this two-pronged big idea into your purse today and take it with you beyond today. And this is what I want you to take and put in your purse. You can't out-complicate your God. And you can't exhaust his love for you. You can't outcomplicate your God, and you can't exhaust his love for you. There's a beautiful hymn that the writer captures this so magnificently on the love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bow down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. 
It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, were every stock on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. That is breathtaking description of the love of God. You'll never, ever exhaust the love of God for you. And though Sarah, going back to Sarah, though her life was very complicated, and though all women and mothers who are listening or viewing are also very complicated beings made in God's image, there is uncomplicated good news for you this morning. It is that your God sorts out all of your complications, and in so doing, he loves you. He doesn't put up with you. He loves you. Just the way you are, he loves you. He sent his son to die for you. He raised his son to live for you. He called you into the family of God by the wooing ministry of the Holy Spirit. You've been bought with a price. You're no longer your own, so glorify God in your bodies. You're on the winning side. You walk in the wake of the train of Jesus Christ's victory over it all. You cannot outcomplicate your God, nor can you exhaust his love for you. Feisty princess Sarah didn't, and neither will you. And so, in the understanding of God's sorting out of our complications and dispensing of his love in the midst of the complications of being a mother or a woman in this time, Please, ladies, remember that God allows for redos. He removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. The one being in the universe who's capable of remembering everything chooses in his sovereign plan to forget our sins, forgiven in Christ. And to remove those sins as far from us as the east is from the west. I'm not a specialist in geography, but I believe that means infinitely. He allows redos. He removes our sins from us. He forgets them because the son has paid for them. He unconditionally loves. He is grace and he grants grace. He knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. And when you are in between, as we all are, between the beginning and the end, when you're in all the chaos and the complications between the beginning and the end, he's in the midst of it as eternal, transcendent, imminent God, and he's worked it out. Nothing takes him by surprise. He's not a reactive God. He's a proactive, a loving God. And he loves you, Mom. <laughs> as much as we will honor our mothers appropriately so today by phone or other in-person gatherings. By the way, you're blessed to have your mothers in the same city as you are if they are here. My mother's way far away. But as much as we express our love to our mothers God's love for our mothers is so much higher, so much more profound, 
so much more perfect, so much more enduring, so much more sustaining. Going back to Sarah, (laughs) she did not have an easy life, ladies. She had a complicated life. I mean, her husband, Abraham, at the top of the socioeconomic bracket in Ur of the Chaldeans, a comfortable and a wealthy life, her husband had big thoughts from God, and he took big risks to obey God. He put big faith in a bigger God. Her life was complicated. She couldn't have babies. And when her husband was 75 years old, he didn't go sitting in a rocking chair. He stepped out into the unknown of the will of God, which is perfectly known to God, and he said, come with me, Sarah. And her faith followed suit with his faith. Her life was complicated. She saw her nephew, spoiled brat Lot, grab the best land when given half a chance by her husband, and she let it happen. She trusted God. She was promised by God more than once that she would have a child, and eventually that her descendants would become a great nation, a favored nation. She lived through a famine, and her husband took her down to Egypt to get food. She was a beauty queen, Even in her old senior age, she was still a beauty queen. And her husband lied in Egypt about her being his sister, and he made her lie about being his sister. Her life is complicated, awkward, not easy. Sarah's life was not ABCs. It was more like E equals MC squared. Just like all of you, ladies. There is not a lady here in the sanctuary, the auditorium, or on the internet that's listening and watching that has an uncomplicated life. Your lives are complicated. Going back to Sarah, sinfully she tried to help God to get this promised child, and you know she encouraged adultery for her husband with another woman, and the other woman had a baby who was not the son of promise. God doesn't need help to keep his promises. And years later, years later, God gave Sarah and Abraham a miracle son. You know him, Isaac. And her heart was so full and so thankful for God's kept promise. And then seemingly, God told her husband to do the unthinkable, to make that promised son a human sacrifice. What? Later, as she wept into her hands in their home as her 16-year-old promised son went up the mountain with her father, him with a knife and a rope, and she wept into her hands in her house, she heard two voices coming back from the altar. God had intervened, and Isaac was not killed, and the sacrificial animal was supplied at just the right time before the knife plunged into the promised son. And I can just imagine the welcome home hug by Sarah and her husband and her son must have been rib cracking in its strength. She lived to be 127 years old. We're going to see her in heaven. And we'll all be there for the same reason, because the grace of God. Because our lives, although they are complicated, are not complicated to God. 
and because we cannot exhaust God's love for us in Christ. And we'll all be in heaven, those of us who will be in heaven because of the grace of God and the finished work of Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. I realize as I take you through the diary of Sarah very quickly that we cannot hold Sarah up as some ultimate perfect example of a believer or a perfect example of being an example, a perfect specimen of a wife. We can't, we can't elevate her up to being the perfect mother. We can't. And this ought to be no small thing to the women who are here today. It ought to be no small thing to the mother who is here today looking so pretty and so put together, but inside she feels she's a failure. Inside she is wrestling with things that her husband may not know about, that her best friend may not know about, that her kiddies may not know about. The woman who is here today aware of her own deficiencies, frustrations, and failures. Dear sisters in Christ, Sarah was not a perfect believer. She was not a perfect example to other believers. She was not a perfect wife. And she was not a perfect mother. That is no small thing. I'm just going to take this jacket off, and you'll see why in a minute. It's no small thing. To understand the grace of God is greater than our failures and sins. It is no small thing to understand that our acceptance to God is in Christ. We have Christ-based acceptance, not performance-based acceptance. If you work outside your home, you have a boss that gives you acceptance in some measure because of your performance. If you perform, then you get acceptance. Christmas bonus. That isn't how it is in heaven. We are not accepted by God the Father based on our performance, doing things right, doing them perfectly, etc. We are accepted by God the Father through the finished work of Christ. We have Christ-based acceptance. Sarah was accepted to God by virtue of his grace and her faith in God. You know, shepherds have a hard job. Sometimes uh, you dies in giving birth to lammies. And then there's a very difficult time for the orphaned sheep, lambs, to nurse on another you. And if you don't figure out something to do as a shepherd, those little lammies will starve to death. So what? A wise, experienced shepherd does is he takes the hide off the dead mummy sheep. He cuts it off and he makes a robe and he ties the dead mummy sheep hide onto the living ewe lamb and she is robed in the deceased ewe lamb's coat. And then the lammies that were born to the deceased you smell their own mom. And then they will nurse 
from the surrogate you. Mothers, you have been robed in Christ's righteousness. You are clothed in the perfections and the wholeness that is Jesus Christ. And when God the Father looks down upon you making that meal, washing those dishes, scrubbing that floor, correcting that child, reading scripture to that child, tucking that child into bed, going outside to the fresh air, whatever, God sees you robed in Christ's righteousness. You don't have to outperform any other mother. You don't have to compare yourself to anyone else. You're accepted in the beloved. And when you understand the degree to which you are accepted in Christ, then you will have uh, ability to accept your husbands and to accept your children, to accept your grandchildren, to accept your spiritual children. You're accepted in the beloved. You're robed in Christ's righteousness. Now, let's pull the curtain back a little more with Sarah. In Hebrews 11, 11, which I have read a moment ago, this verse reports on her faith in God. And her faith in God was more like a videotape capturing of her life. Because the videotape capturing of her life captured a reoccurring theme of faith in God. Now, if you took some snapshots in Sarah's life, you would see times when she didn't have adequate faith in God. She did things her way. She said things she shouldn't have said. She came up with sinful ideas and had her husband partake. But if you're not looking at the snapshots of Sarah's life, but the video camera, it is a life of faith in God. 11.11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him to be faithful who had promised. So the first thing I want you to see with respect to her faith in God, it was a videotape kind of summary of her life. So when you fall down, mother, and you skin your knee on disbelief, get up and keep trusting God. Keep going. The video camera is still running. Then in the New Testament commentary on Sarah, in 1 Peter 3, verses 1 to 5, we read this. Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some of them do not obey the word, that they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. And when they observe your chaste conduct, Accompanied by fear, that is reverence. Do not let your adornment be merely outward ranging of the hair, wearing gold and putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, watch it, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Here we go. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, that's with a little L, whose daughters you are if you do what is good and are not afraid with any terror. She had a faith in God, a videotaped faith in God, and she had a different understanding of fashion. 
For Sarah, her fashion was a fashionable heart. And she coordinated her jewelry of her character. The jewelry in her box was her character. And she wore the designer quality attitudes and conducts. She put on the makeup of being gentle and slow to speak and to get upset. You know that to the Lord, the most attractive thing to you sisters is not the makeup or the shoes or the dresses, although they're fine. They're fine. The most important thing to heaven is your heart, your attitude, your conduct, your worship, your faith, your obedience, your service to the Savior as you serve others. That's gorgeous to God. And so as we come to the conclusion, I hope you have the truth in your purse. And if you haven't put the truth into your purse, would you open your purse and put the truth into your purse right now? Because it's a gorgeous truth. I can't outcomplicate my God. Put it in your purse. And I can't exhaust his love for me. Put it in your purse. You know, I heard this week that, I don't know how they figure out these things, but I heard this week that the average person thinks 50,000 thoughts every day. 50,000. And again, I don't know how they figure this out, but 40,000 of those 50,000 daily thoughts are negative. Only 10,000 of a person's daily 50,000 thoughts are positive. Ladies, you do know that nobody talks to you more than you talk to yourself. Nobody. Nobody talks to you in a day more than you talk to yourself. So say it with me. I can't outcomplicate my God. Say it. I can't outcomplicate my God. Say it again. I can't outcomplicate my God. And say it with me. I also can't exhaust his love for me. I also can't exhaust his love for me. Put that in your purse. Keep it in your purse. Make it your screensaver on your device. Your home screen. It's true. You can't outcomplicate your God and you can't exhaust his love for you.